0: Living Local, telling the stories that connect us, a United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Katie Kuhn. In the time it will take for you to listen to this podcast, someone in the U.S. will have died from suicide. Suicide is a more common cause of death than homicide or car accidents and is on the rise in our community and across the country. This week, we talked to Mary Madden, executive director of NAMI Waukesha, and Dr. Bob Dubois, professor of psychology at Waukesha County Technical College, about suicide in Waukesha County and around the country. Here's the second part of our conversation. If you missed it, be sure to go back and listen to the first part of our conversation in episode one. You mentioned that there are some signs of somebody who may be contemplating suicide, some that are more obvious, some that are a little bit less obvious, can you describe some of those signs?
2: So Dr. Bob, you're a QPR presenter, so I, you know, I know um, some of them, things like giving away prized possessions, telling, you know, maybe making sure that you're te- you tell somebody that you love them the, ne- the last time you've seen them, cleaning out desks, things like that. I, I know you have a list of them in QPR. Do you know some of them offhand?
0: Absolutely, well, when you start to see somebody that it's quite different from the way they, they used to be, that's something to really notice, especially if someone that was generally upbeat and kind of productive in life and, and seemed to be um, full of energy and purpose suddenly seems to change, uh, perhaps becoming more irritable Perhaps having, uh, at times, what we sometimes call a 10,000 yard stare, where you seem to be kind of disconnected from the the world, that's definitely something to be concerned about. Probably the the biggest model, though, that really helps us understand who's at risk of suicide is a model that was put together by Dr. Thomas Joyner. And really what he suggests is that all people who ultimately desire suicide have two streams of thought going on uh, simultaneously one is that they feel like they're a burden to other people so even if other people tell them you know i love you i care about you ultimately they feel like those other folks would be better off in the long run without them that they, they just put a lot of pressure on them and then simultaneously to feeling like a burden they often feel quite alone and so often they basically isolate avoid and withdraw and at the same time feel like a burden on others. And that really begins the the thought of suicide as a way to deal with your problems. Over time, people get more and more convinced that suicide is a real option when they essentially think about it, make plans, start to talk about it. So any time that you're aware that somebody is contemplating suicide, you should take it seriously. You should never think that a person is manipulating you or mm-hmm. that a person is just essentially uh, crying for help. They are legitimately in severe pain, and they really do need the help of a mental health professional and others.
2: I think what's important too is that um, everybody can, anybody can make a difference. There is a certain level of ambivalence even up to that final act of taking one's own life um, that certainly is borne out by, um, there's a number of people who attempted to die by suicide by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge and um, and survived. Um, and every single one of those people that survived indicate that they, the minute that they um, took that leap they were trying to save their own life um, flapping their arms trying to fly trying to um, you know change their mind basically and so there's always that opportunity um, to to make that difference and to um, change the trajectory that trajectory of what um, what that person intends to do
0: absolutely that's uh, really important to keep in mind and people that um, think about suicide, it takes a lot of uh, effort and, and ultimately um, bravery in many ways to 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 actually create a plan to um, think about acting on it. And so we need to realize a person is in tremendous pain and um, we need to do everything we can to help, help that person f- figure out other strategies that will keep them alive and help them address their pain.
1: For just a normal person listening, if they start to suspect a family member or close friend may be contemplating suicide, what's the first thing they
0: should do? Well, I think the very first thing is to ask the question.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And ask it in a way that is direct. Are you are having thoughts about taking your own life? Not, are you thinking of hurting yourself? Because that could be uh, no answer, I'm not thinking of hurting myself. Yeah, because this could be something that alleviates all of it. Right. right, right. So, it, it, and it's hard, it's hard for families to do that. It's especially hard for parents, I think, to do that with, um, with, their, with their teenagers or even younger kids. I mean, kids as, as young as five years old have taken their own life. And, um, and then for people to know what to do. So if somebody says yes, Now what do you do, where do you go? So um, certainly in in, uh, Milwaukee and Waukesha counties, well in most counties in Wisconsin, um, a simple call to 211 will connect somebody with uh, a counselor and um, somebody at a suicide hotline. We also have a text line here in um, Wisconsin for our young folks who prefer to uh, communicate via text.
1: And we'll include information about 2 one in the accompanying blog post with this podcast. Great. And that's a 24-hour resource. Yes, absolutely. What other resources are available?
0: Well, definitely the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is an important resource Call 1-800-273-TALK. Basically, you'll immediately get access to someone who can help you interact with someone who might be suicidal and help connect you to the right resources. Uh, good news is many of these resources also now have social media presence. So even on Facebook, you can report that you are concerned based on someone's status update that they might be suicidal, and Facebook will contact 1-800-273-TALK, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, and direct resources to that person. And the good news is when people do get access to help that they need, they do tend to get better. Mm-hmm. So there are are more than um, a million people out there in the world who are suicide loss survivors, people who have lost someone to suicide, but there are many, many millions of people out there who have pondered suicide, maybe attempted suicide and survived, and now are living very good, high-quality lives and and really thriving. And then join up with organizations like NAMI because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we need advocates. Many times, And there have been folks that I have helped at uh, WCTC, people who have been suicidal, people who have struggled with severe mental illness and and maybe couldn't continue access to much needed healthcare, including medications, that I have referred to NAMI, parents, uh, friends, others, and have seen what NAMI can do to make a difference in their lives. So take advantage of the resources you have. And sometimes you you just have to tag other people into the ring with you to help you uh, address the problems. And NAMI is just, an outstanding resource. They, they could also ask that uh, NAMI uh, offer QPR at the organization because we're really trying to identify um, isolated events. I mean, 13 per 100,000, that is tragic, but that is an, uh, a relatively small number when you consider the, the size of our community. So if we're going to reduce suicide down to zero, which is our goal, we've got to have all of the half million uh, one and a half million people in this uh, listening area learn what to do, get comfortable with what to do, uh, know the resources, because you never know when you could be the person who could save a person's life.
2: Does that training come at the cost? We do not charge uh, for that training. We fund that training through grants. I know that there are other groups that do provide that training. Um, sometimes there might be a small. Cost for it, um, but but we absolutely Shall so we right. offer it free of charge?
1: So a couple of weeks ago, you had a, an event which, to me, seemed very successful. You were bringing together a lot mm-hmm. of resources in the community around the issue of suicide, saying what is the issue, who who can we bring to the table, and what resources are already in place. I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about the outcome of that event. But one thing that I heard you mentioned, Dr. Bob, was that the media attention around suicide is a big piece that needs to change in order to uh, affect this issue. Can you explain a little bit more about how the media impacts the issue of suicide in the community?
0: Well, whenever we have any media reports on suicide, if they're not handled appropriately, there can be a contagion effect. A lot of times you might not be thinking of suicide as an option, but when you see that it occurs, particularly among someone famous, a celebrity, for example, when Robin Williams died, it was just tragic, it it kind of, the thought balloon kind of pops in your head, like, you know, maybe that is an option. So I think that um, the good news is that several organizations that are advocates for suicide prevention have created guidelines for the media in terms of how to report effectively and safely so that people really are aware that suicide is not really a long-term solution to remind people of the resources that can, can help and to also help address some of the real pain and stigma and isolation that sometimes people who have lost someone to suicide will feel. So I think it's critical that we treat this subject with um, care and that we help people ultimately wanna stay alive.
1: And have you noticed as a result of these organizations providing those guidelines that the media has changed? Have media outlets pledged to adopt these guidelines?
0: Absolutely. Um, probably the one of the most recent good case studies was the case of Robin Williams. Uh, definitely got a, uh, a lot of people to think about suicide, but the media and, and many of the stories that surrounded that were all about access to mental health resources, mm-hmm. reminding people of the kinds of uh, resources that are out there and trying to not glamorize suicide or make it seem as though uh, ultimately it's an option that ought to stay in your toolbox is something you might do when you're in psychological pain.
1: Lately, we've been hearing a lot about the drug problem, specifically mm-hmm. the opioid problem, addiction. What is the connection between this e- exploding drug problem and the issue of suicide?
0: Well, I, I personally think that. Think of it as just one more thing that some people are discovering might go in their toolbox for helping them when they Mm -hmm. feel pain. And it can happen by accident. So when I say Mm -hmm. people discover it as a a potential um, strategy for coping with stress in the toolbox, it could be that you had legitimate pain for a problem, you get prescribed medication, and then one of the unintended side effects was that it also tended to reduce some of your emotional pain, some of your other pain. With respect to the direct tide of suicide, what we find is that most of the deaths that occur related to opioid uh, abuse or uh, most of the drug overdoses and most of the drug-related deaths are related to opioids, but most of them are accidental overdoses and not suicides.
2: The amount of pain um, and stress that families go through when they have somebody who is addicted to opioids is just incredible, Um, the financial devastation the inability to sometimes get them into treatment, often get them into treatment when they're ready. And and so there again, you have these additional stressors and this additional pain that gets put on that family. And then if if they should lose their loved one to an overdose, you've got all, the entire aftermath of that that could uh, potentially make them at a higher risk for uh, suicide as well.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the path moving forward and your plans to tackle this huge issue. So
2: right we wanted to start with that kind of community analysis like what do we we knew that obviously that things are going on in the community but Exactly what and who is doing it. Now we're going to sit down with that and really look at some different models of because there are some models out there, some community wide models that um, could be adopted uh, by our county in terms of looking at a zero, you know, zero suicide is one model that some counties have adopted. I know that there's others. And what what is going to work here, but really looking at making sure that we're implementing something, you know, across county, across um, different organizations. I mean, I would personally love it if every single person in this county could receive QPR training. Is that realistic? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, we're willing to try. In fact, we're thinking about holding a series of community-wide QPR events in mm-hmm. November that would hopefully reach, in, in our mind, thousands of people, because for free, you could come, bring your family, schools could bring their kids and get QPR training and mm-hmm. certified.
2: So, we're, we're right at the beginning. We've got a lot of work to do, but we definitely are, um, you know, we're, it, the time is past due for tackling, you know, this very uh, big issue. And so we want to make sure that we do that.
0: Well, and, and I think the great news is that anything that we do to save a life in terms of suicide is also going to make the lives of anyone, even those who aren't thinking about suicide, better. So when we start addressing some of the risk factors um, that make people gradually think more and more about suicide, when we start trying to enhance or increase risk uh, protective factors out in the community that that help people remain resilient to stress, any of those kinds of things are going to help all of us. So um, this isn't, even though we're focusing on suicide, this is really about how do we make people feel like they're having a greater likelihood of having a life that they find worth living every day.
1: Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Um, You're doing wonderful work in our community, um, and thank you for shedding a little bit of light on this issue of suicide in Waukesha County.
2: You're welcome. Thank Mm. you for
1: having
0: us. Definitely. Thank you.
1: That was Dr. Bob Dubois of Waukesha County Technical College and Mary Madden, Executive Director of NAMI Waukesha. If you are having suicidal thoughts or suspect that a friend or family member may be suicidal, dial 211 to be connected to resources that can help. You can also visit their website, 211wisconsin.org, to find help. To learn more about the issue of suicide in Waukesha County and what you can do, join NAMI Waukesha, WCTC School of Health, and the Waukesha County Department of Health and Human Services at the 2016 Suicide Awareness and Prevention event on Tuesday, November 1st. More information can be found in the blog post that goes along with this episode. To learn more about the work of NAMI Waukesha, visit their website, n-a-m-i-waukesha.org. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Schimke, Melissa Hannon, Brian McKaig, and John Waldbauer. To learn more about United Way, visit our website, unitedwaygmwc.org.